Yo, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Internet's number one success podcast, Into the Mind, where we break down and analyze the characteristics, skills, strategies, and systems of successful entrepreneurs so that together we can learn from their experiences, be inspired by their victories, and replicate their formulas for success. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, parkour athlete turned entrepreneur, and I am on a mission to help serve 7.8 billion people achieve success personally, professionally, and financially by empowering their minds and connecting them to the right people. Today, my guest is a true entrepreneur, and I must say the word true because you're going to see that there's a difference between making money and building a business. Over five years ago, he made a decision to jump into the world of real estate investing. He discovered wholesaling through conversations and YouTube and saw an opportunity to create wealth. He created a five-year plan for himself to create generational wealth. And today, his company does over 50 wholesale deals per year. He has another company that holds over 15 rental portfolio properties, paid off free and clear. And he has a company that is flipping 10 properties plus per year, and he's just getting started. Today, I want to take you into the story and decode the way his mind thinks. Learn about the challenges he faced and the solutions that he's discovered while we break apart some of the deals he's done and the principles he has. So today, guys, help me in welcoming my friend into the mind, Abdul Jafar. Yo, Abdul, what's going on, bro? That's, I think, one of the longest introductions I've ever tried to do on one breath. <laughs> I appreciate it. That was awesome, man. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate the kind words, man. How you been? Yeah, I've been excellent, man. First off, you know, you were just telling me beforehand, happy birthday. It's your birthday. So if people are listening. Today is your birthday. Appreciate you being here and making the time for me, making the time for my audience to share value. You've been blowing up on social media recently, man. So it's like, I'm grateful that we're able to, to get this time together right now. Yeah, man. Thank you for that, man. Thank you for the birthday wish. And yeah, man, it's like, I don't feel like I'm blowing up. I feel like God's making me a vessel, right? To speak to his creations. I know we were talking about this earlier and I was telling you, man, I, you know, I'm a Muslim. I pray five times a day. So I ask God for, you know, all this stuff. I tell him, hey, and, you know, please give me good health, you know, wealth, make me, you know, a person where I can make impact to your creation. So I could be a vessel in this world, right? Because, you know, it's inevitable. We all have to die, right? It's sad, but it, it's like, we're here for a short time, right? So while we're here for a short time, I want to basically, you know, basically make an impact here, right? So it's just like, so I feel like, you know, me blowing up is just God giving me an opportunity to speak to the, you know, to the audience, yeah. to speak to your audience, speak to, to the world, you know? So it's a blessing, man. Yeah, Abdullah, I love yeah. that. You know, like right before the show started, you know, you just messaged me like, hey, you know, I need 15 minutes, got to take care of my prayer. And I appreciated that. I respect that. I highly respect that, that you have your non-negotiables, that you have a foundation, that you have principles that you honor, you stick to no matter what. So we're going to jump into that a little bit later this episode too. I, I'm really excited to talk about that. However, for my audience who don't know you, right, they just heard that resume, but for the people who don't know you, can you bring me back to what you were doing before real estate? Because your resume in real estate now is pretty impressive. However, that's, you know, five years ago, you weren't doing what you're currently doing. So what were you doing before you stepped into the world of real estate? So yeah, exactly, man. So five years ago, before I was doing real estate, I was in the IT business, right? So after high school, I went to a community college. And then after a community college, I went and got my IT certifications, right? I'm a business analyst, a quality analyst, scrum master. So I got all my certs. I got a high paying six figure job. Um, I was doing pretty well. I was making like $125,000 a year, but I was away from my family. 
right? And I had a nice, you know, nice condo, spending three, four thousand dollars a month on that. You know, had a vehicle. Um, I had, you know, just food expenses, especially when you're not, when you're not living at home, right? And your mom's not cooking that good food. Now you, everything is on you, right? So now you have to basically buy food, groceries, do all the extra extra work, and making eight thousand dollars a month more than you know half of it went on rent and just like my bills right and the other half it was just like me spending on having a good time right so after two years of doing that I basically went broke right so I had nothing to show for it making all six figures but still broke right so I was like you know I gotta escape this rat race and uh, then what happened was I was in uh, Kansas City Missouri right that was where the job was so I came back to Chicago this is where I was born and raised I came back to my family you know, with a little, very little money left. And uh, I was like, you know, I need to find something to do, right? I need, you know, do something that's not IT related, because I was, uh, it wasn't, you know, working out for me, right? So I got a pizza delivery job here, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna be, a, you know, working at Little Caesars, driving, you know, doing, you know, part time, just to make, you know, some extra income, right? Living with my parents, I was like, you know, let me try this out. And then while doing that, I was like, yo, let me get into real estate, because the most millionaires are made in real estate, right? So knowing that I was like, you know, let me look at more into it. So I was going to get my real estate license. So while I was studying to get my real estate license, you know, you're on, I was on YouTube, typing in real estate, real estate investing. So Brant Daniels, King Kong, all these guys popped up, right? TTP. So TTP is what got me started. And, uh, you know, he said, talk to more people. And he was basically giving his free sales script. He was showing people how to run comps. He was, you know, all that good stuff. So I got into that, started making a few calls. And then, you know, it took me eight months to get my first deal, right? Took me eight months to get my first wholesale deal. And I only made $2,000, right? And a lot of people can't say that they were consistent for eight months. Because what happens? 99% of people will quit after a month, two months, or even three months in, right? So it really takes... You got to be really dedicated to this, right? You got to, it's, it's all in the mind, right? You got to have that mindset like, hey, look at the bigger picture. Most millionaires are made in this industry. So if I just stay consistent, I'll be one of those millionaires as well, right? So going with that, got my first deal. And after I got my first deal, it just gave me that confidence, right? I was like, hey, this is, this is real. That's all I needed, right? So after that, I started scaling, started developing systems, processes, and where I got these systems process and delegation was from my IT industry, right? So I brought all my industry knowledge, putting in CRMs, KPI tracking, all that stuff. Because the company I was working for was worth like 300 million. So, you know, I'm a business analyst there. So I was already like really involved in all these systems processes. As, I, as an IT guy, IT professional, you're, you're into that stuff, right? So I was really big into that. So I brought that stuff into real estate wholesaling and then started, you know, implementing that and started popping off, you know, now we do, you know, five plus deals a month. And uh, yeah, man, I help a lot of other people. I do a lot of JVs with other wholesalers. And uh, yeah, man, here we are today. Um, I have eight different companies now. Um, they're all automated. So I believe in working on the business, not in the business, right? So with the correct systems, processes, and people, you can automate the whole company, right? So that's what I focused on. So as soon as I got my first first check eight months in, then I started, hey, let me put, because this is all without any systems, right? This is me cold calling with my cell phone, right? Got my cell phone and I started calling. And back then I had a really shitty cell phone too, you know? So I was like, but either way, we made it happen, right? And then I started, I had my first hire uh, in the Philippines, you know, I hired my first cold caller because cold calling is a $4 an hour job, right? Yeah. So anyone that's starting off, if you don't have money, there's two things. You either have money or time, right? If you, if you don't have any money, then 
yeah, you go for it, you know, make that cold call. But if you have a little bit of money, I recommend hiring someone to do that cold call for you because that $4 an hour job is not worth your time, right? You can hire someone to bring you warm leads, right? Everyone should be focusing on acquisition, right? It's basically focusing on negotiating, sending contracts, building rapport, all that good stuff, right? So that's what I figured out in my journey where I'm like, hey, I shouldn't be cold calling because I could, this, there's a price tag on this. So then what I did, I started ramping it up. So I started getting cold callers, bringing me warm leads and they're bringing like two to three warm leads a day. So now I'm working less hours and I'm working more efficiently, right? So I'm focused on the main, you know, doing follow-ups and focusing on people that actually want to sell, right? So I'm not getting rejected all day long. I'm actually focusing on people that want to sell their properties. So, you know, with that being said, a um, few months in after that, I did the same thing, right? Started building out um, more systems, more process, checking out KP KPI tracking, right? So having more employees. So now I have a 20 man team, right? So I have like 13 cold callers. I have three acquisitions. I have um, the Dispo, Dispo um, assistant and uh, TC that does all our, you know, transition coordination, all that stuff, right? So now at this point, I don't make a single phone call, right? I don't pick up a single phone call. I don't look at HUDs. I don't do any of that stuff. I, my, my team can manage this whole company without me being present. The only time I get a call is like, hey, boss, we just made 15000 today, which I did. My brother just called me and said, hey, we made 15000 We just closed a deal, you know? So it's just like, those are the calls I get, right? So for everyone listening, I recommend the same thing. Once you get some traction, start building a team out, right? Start focus, working on the business, not in the business. Because what happens is you go on vacation, right? You go travel with your wife, kids, you want to have, you know, a one, two weeks off, guess what happens? If you're the solopreneur, if you're the one that's running the show and you're going on vacation, you stop working, guess what happens? Everything stops. Checks stop coming in. Everything's pending. You know, it's just like you are the business, right? So like knowing that coming from, why did I leave my nine to five, right? I wanted financial freedom, right? So leaving that nine to five and coming to the entrepreneur journey. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs, like 99% of entrepreneurs, are still working in their business. That's not financial freedom. You're a slave to your company, you know? So knowing that I was like, and plus I didn't learn this overnight, right? So I paid people hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn all this stuff, like, like millionaires, six, eight figure earners, nine figure earners. And they're telling me this, like, hey, this is how you got to think. This is the mindset you need to have, right? You're not going to automatically get to, you know, where I'm at, where it's, everything is automated right away, but that's the end goal, right? So having that vision, and that mindset, like, hey, I want to turn this company into a fully automated business and not work for my own company, not turn this into a job. So, yeah. So, I, yo, Abdul, I love that because, and that's why I said at the beginning, you're a true entrepreneur. I see a lot of folks that are in that conundrum where you explain that they're the solopreneur. They're making money. They're earning money. I've met guys earning six figures, some guys even earning seven figures who they themselves can't go on vacation for more than a week without getting stressed out because too much backs up. So I want to jump into that for a second. However, before I get there, I'm going to go back just a little bit to that point where you had the job, you had the cushy job, you were spending money faster than essentially you were making it. And there was a moment where you go back home. What When that decision to go back home, because the reason I'm asking this, some of the listeners, they're in that turn back moment and they think this is the end. When you were at that moment and it was, hey, I'm going home or I got to go back and it feels like I'm going backwards. 
in that place, did you know, did you understand that, hey, I'm going backwards so I can move forward again? Did it feel like it was the over? Like, what did that feel like? And how did you get yourself mentally through it during that time? Because in hindsight, it's easy to remember that, yeah, I did that. That was part of the story and I moved past it. But when you were in it, what did that feel like? And how did you get through that portion without quitting? Gotcha, man. So one thing is nobody wants to go backwards, right? So people that are listening, that are going through this position. You're like, Hey, I'm getting, I'm, you know, making good money here. I'm actually, you know, doing well, going back, moving home, right. Going back to my parents' house and making less money than I was. That's moving backwards. And nobody wants to do that. Right. But for me, it was like, I'm stuck in the rat race. Right. So I wanted to, the only reason I went back, cause I was like, Hey, if I keep moving forward in this corporate ladder, like, I'll, yeah, I'll make a quarter million dollars a year. But then after that, I'm capped, right? 300, 400, you know, like there's a certain level to this, right? So I was like, and plus it's a lot of work involved. You're someone else's you know, slave, you know, essentially working for some, you know, corporate. So the reason why I went back, I was like, I need to figure out and position myself in a new industry. So people that are listening, if you really want to make a change and you want that entrepreneur lifestyle where you could have that financial freedom, then you have to do what you have to do, right? So that's what it came down to. And I appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate them being able to hear that because sometimes they think and they see when we look and I'm looking at someone's social media, their Facebook page, their Instagram, their YouTube, and it feels like it's just a straight shot up. And I want to remind them that there are these moments where, yes, you're temporarily going to go back and you might have to squeeze your belt tight because you found out you're going in the wrong direction. And although now you might be going slower in the beginning than where you were before, direction matters more than speed. Exactly. Right? So now bringing it forward, you, when you got into this business, Abdullah, you thought about it drastically different than how most people think about it and the way most people even like teach it and talk about it, which is most people talk about this business. They talk about real estate from a transactional, just go out, make money, go out, make money, go out, make money. Some people will talk about build the generational wealth, but very few people ever come at it with a true business approach where they are actually creating something that they can step away from. Your mind, it sounds like in the beginning, was already geared towards that. What gave you that perspective at such the start? Because so many people, I know guys that have been doing this business for 10 years now and are only now starting to realize that they haven't built a business. All they've been doing was transacting. Exactly. It's like it's, it's deal by deal, right? It's transaction per transaction. That's how 99% of businesses are, right? So the reason why I got to this point, the mindset that I had was, because I wanted financial freedom. I was like, how are people, you know, like, especially, you know, when I went to seminars and these webinars and stuff like that, I saw people living a life where they're not working. Like it was mostly landlords, right? I was like, how are these landlords just buying properties and, you know, going whatever they want to do, right? How do these people have yachts? How are these billionaires having yachts, helicopters, private jets? What are these guys doing different than I'm doing? And that's how I learned that concept. Hey, these guys don't work on their companies. You know, they don't work in their companies at all right? Like, I'll say Grant Cardone, he doesn't make those phone calls, you know, he just does it for like, maybe content, like, hey, guys, it's, you know, let me show you how it's done. But he has a whole team running it for him, right? He has a private jet, yachts, all that stuff. So I'm learning from people like that. I was like, how are these guys doing it? You don't want to implement what your buddy's doing, or what, you know, your mentor's doing, or one, you know, someone that's doing six, seven figures, that's working in the company, you don't want to do that, right? You want to learn from people that actually you know, multimillionaires, billionaires, you want to get inherit their habits, right? So that's what I did. You know, that's what I was, you know, watching, I was watching, you know, like, um, 
uh, was Robert Kurosaki and these guys, you know, these guys don't work, you know, yeah, they have 300 plus properties, you know, so it's just like watching these guys talk and learning from them is what I got that mindset from. I love that. And guys, if you're listening, go back and rewind what Abdullah just said, because that's key. Finding the mentors who are doing the thing that you want to be doing. And is that the person that's in their business working 80 hours a week? Or is that the person who owns the company, has true ownership of the company, and puts leadership in place so that you're able to step away? So as you started to, and you were with the company with your W-2, you were able to gain a lot of valuable experience there, being able to see, like you said, over a $300 million company at work. That's a large organization. What were some of the things that you picked up inside of there that maybe most people don't see from the outside, but you were able to take and implement inside of your own business and the businesses now eight businesses that you run that allow you to have your time while still producing an effective result? Yeah, man. So now I just oversee the companies, right? But what I saw in those businesses was how they delegated everything, right? How, um, the, when the client comes in, how do you talk to the stakeholder? How everything is, okay, this, um, you know, DevOps team's doing this, QC's doing this, like the way everything was delegated, right? And how they have a whole team. And the CEO, he never, he's not there. The she, you know, where is the CEO? You can't find him. He's in his yacht, you know? So I'm like, how did he build this structure? So I just watching that and, you know, like the CRM they were using, uh, you know, the way they were talking, their scripts, their marketing, all that stuff, right? Because I knew I was like, hey, I can just implement all this stuff in any company and turn it into what they're doing, right? So learning all that information, I was just like taking notes, right? While getting paid, while working, as a business analyst, you analyze the whole business, right? So you're talking, you're basically from from ground, from from the start to the end, from, you know, for, suppose you're making an application, right, from for a stakeholder. So from Starting to the end, you basically see what's going on, the whole process, right? And doing that a few times, you could do anything, right? I was like, hey, I could start, we started companies, we started applications, websites, all types of stuff, right? So learning all that stuff and implementing it and bringing it to the you know real estate space actually did help me a lot, right? So, so in the word I use for that is, and you tell me if this word fits, if it's appropriate, backwards engineering. You yeah. before you started the project, you backwards engineer. You got, got clear on what the end desired end state of the goal is. You got clear on what the target was, and then you work backwards from that point versus just starting and hoping that you end up somewhere you like. No, hundred percent backwards engineering is correct, man. That's what it was. Awesome, you know. And I again, I, I want to highlight this just because it, you mentioned earlier. You said the word mindset, right? How did I adopt that mindset? Is what you said, and that's something that is big with a lot of what we do here. You know, a lot of the action we take, it doesn't require anyone to be special. You don't have to be born into a certain family. You don't have to have a certain amount of resources beforehand. You have to be resourceful. However, there's a mindset involved that allows individuals like yourself to be able to go out and do it and then even show other people how to do it as well, because you're able to teach them to adopt that mindset. And it's a way of thinking. It's a pattern. It's a framework. So you want to give some on, sauce out with mindset. Yep. Sorry to cut you off. I want to give some sauce out no, with mindset. So there's one thing that I did after every prayer. And I, I, you know, I feel like this audience, your audience is going to take this very valuable. So what I used to say to myself, and I wasn't a millionaire back then, right? So this is going to be very valuable for you guys. And I want you guys to say this every day, right? Say this. I'm a millionaire. It's just time didn't catch up yet. I'm a millionaire. It's just time didn't catch up yet. I'm a millionaire. It's just time didn't catch up yet. I used to say that to myself in the mirror every day, screaming at myself, I'm already a millionaire, you know? And then I'm telling you, it's just a mindset. I'm already a millionaire. It's just, 
I'm living, you know, it just, it didn't catch up, you know? So telling yourself that every day, every day, I'm telling you, it, it's a mindset training. And, you know, I you hope know I, I, I love that. It's funny. One of my, one of my good friends here, he and I, we do that all the time. We look at each other and we'll just say that like, I'm a millionaire time to catch up yet. I already did the goal. Like I'm just waiting for time to catch up. And oh, yeah. I'm sure, you know, Austin Rutherford, right? Austin. He's, uh, he's down, he's not in your area. He's down in Miami. Y'all might've crossed paths before. Um, yeah. Great guy, another real estate investor. And I spent some time, quick little story, spent some time with him down in Cancun about a year ago, year and a half ago. And while we're talking, he looks at me and he says, you know, when's the last time you looked in the mirror and you said to yourself, I'm a million dollar a month man. And when he had asked me that question, Abdullah, my answer to him, I've never said those words to myself in the mirror. He said to me, he says, I say those words to myself every single morning. And I was like, wow. And that showed me the power of proximity because he gave me a paradigm shift that day. He introduced a new way of thinking. I had never even considered myself to be a million dollar a month man. And then Austin introduced that to me. So proximity to the right people who are going to shift your thinking. For you, I heard on a, when you were being interviewed by Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP himself, phenomenal human being, when you were being interviewed by him, you'd mentioned to him that you had a circle of influence around you, other landlords. You got to see other people who were able to put this idea of generational wealth in your mind. As you've been growing, how important has it been for you to curate your circle? Man, your circle is everything. You know how they say the five people you surround yourself with, you inherit their habits, right? So I knew that too, right? I knew most millionaires are made in real estate. I knew my circle was important, right? I knew that to be around people, I needed to expose, get exposure, right? Expose myself to people of that nature. So I used to go to like, um, there's an app called meetup.com. I used to have, you don't use that a lot. So I just, I don't know if you use that, but um, I used to go to meetup.com and I used to go to every single real estate events. You know, either talking about subject two, they're talking about uh, innovation, creative finance, whatever it is, right? Wholesaling, they're talking about just real estate, commercial, you know, all types of stuff. So I'm just going there knowing nothing about this stuff and just going there for networking and education and also meet like-minded people. So, you know, meeting like-minded people and surrounding yourself with people that you want to become, right, is very important, man. You know, because they're going to actually encourage you. Because you're going to see them closing. Hey, this guy's going to say, hey, I just closed a deal for $50,000. I just sold the commercial 18 unit. Oh, oh, wow. Like that gives you, that inspires you. You know, don't ever take that as, oh, man, I'm jealous of this guy. No, man, you got to be inspired, right? That's awesome, my guy. You made eight, you just made 50000 It's awesome, man. Show me how to do it. Show me how to fish. And then doing all that is just, it was just. It's uh, powerful. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's very powerful. And like to my audience, I, I tell them that it's called the campfire effect. That's what we call it. We call it getting around the right campfire, going and being around those people. And, you know, I want to know from you, Abdullah, as you are growing your business and you are working on, like you said, right, like someone's not going to jump in tomorrow and immediately be able to do what you did. It took patience. It took time. It took consistency showing up day after day after day. As you were going through that process yourself and you weren't quite there yet, you were waiting for time to catch up. What were you doing for yourself to prevent quitting? And the way I'm going to ask it is like this. There, I imagine there were moments that got tough. There were moments that got stressful. There was pressure involved. And maybe the results weren't happening immediately, right? Eight months to get your first deal. Eight months to get the first deal. And a lot of people stopped before that. Why didn't you stop? Man, that's a good question. Um, throughout the eight months, right, I closed the first deal on after eight months in, 
but I was getting contracts. We had closing set up, buyers backing out, all, all types of stuff. I had maybe like three deals that fell through, right? That fell apart in those eight months, right? I was supposed to get my deal closed within like three to four months in, but it just didn't happen, right? God wanted to basically let me know, hey, just be patient right? Be patient. When, when your time comes, it comes. You just got to be consistent. He wanted to test me. How bad do you want it, right? How bad do you want that financial freedom? How bad do you want your first deal, right? You want to go all in? Show me that you're all in, right? So you need to stay consistent in anything that you do. And especially if you do it for a long period of time, like, like me, I, you know, I'm in five years in, right? Starting my sixth year. You do this for five, six years. You do anything for five, six years, you're going to be a, a master at it, right? You're going to be one of the, you know, someone that understands the industry, right? And has knowledge in the industry. So same type of concept, man, you know, and anything that you do, you're, you're not going to get success two, three months in or a year in. You need to stay in this business for, you know, a long period of time. So consistency is everything, man. You know, so what gave I me that, that information? Yeah, I just knew you have to be consistent. Like people I was around that have been doing this for 15 years, 20 years, like, hey, we've been doing this for that long. We're, we're consistently doing this, right? Till this day, I'm 20 years in, 15 years in, I'm still doing this. You know, so learning that, I'm like, wow, I think I'm going to be a millionaire in three months or a year. That's not how, that's not realistic, you know? So you just got to stay consistent. Like this, as you know, you're in the same business. You're in real estate, right? And you know that the most millionaires are made here and there's a lot of money out here, you know, like, you already know. So it's just like, and the audience should know as well. So I, I love what you said, right? Like how bad do you want it? It's a test. And I try my best to remind people when they're feeling like the pressure is getting too tough, that pressure does two things. It can burst pipes or it can make diamonds, but the pressure is the same. You determine what it does for you, whether it's going to make you or break you. So I love what you said there, right? Like how bad do you really want it? And then also just recognizing it's going to take time. My One of my first mentors, Abdullah, he said to me, he says, look, this isn't get rich quick, but it is get rich. Yeah. <laughs> he said that to me. He said, it is get rich. And I, I appreciated the honesty and that helped reframe and restructure the mind. So you stuck with it. You stayed there. You're, you're building. And I, we're going to dive into like some of the tactics of what you're doing specifically, because you, again, you teach us people. But before I take it there, there's one more place I want to take it, which you know, I, I really respect this and appreciate this about you, how you give glory to God. You mentioned, you know, you give praise back to God. There's, you're a man of principle, right? You, you have these values and you have these principles. And as we grow, you know, and I, I have two questions. The first is, you know, at what point did you start to recognize having a strong foundation or strong principles were a part of your success, right? Was that something that you always knew or was that something that you discovered during your journey? Man, when I was younger, um, I wasn't, you know, praising God as I'm as much as I do right now, right? I used to not be a hundred percent in uh, in my faith. I used to be half half, you know, messing around, doing a lot of wrong things that I shouldn't be doing, right? So it was like one day I just realized I was like, you know, every nothing's perfect in my life right now. It was something was, you know, like I told you, like I lost my job, right? Left that job because it wasn't benefiting me, you know, and then came back home. Sorry, I was a pizza delivery driver, right? So it's like nothing was going right. So that's when I found God. Like that's that's when I was like, you know, I gotta devote my life to Him, and I just gotta ask God for help. And that's when that was a turning point for me. Hey guys, Marlon Johnson here. I hope you're enjoying the episode. We'll get back to it in just a moment. First, I want to say thank you for your continued support, and I'm happy to share with you that we've relaunched MMC. MMC is the Millionaire Mindset Community. 
If you love these thought-provoking conversations, then you need to be a part of MMC and get in the room with other like-minded entrepreneurs. MMC is a private group where we connect daily to work on ourselves and our businesses. We have daily Zoom calls with other entrepreneurs who are setting goals, collaborating, and doing business together, plus a weekly coaching call from either myself, other coaches, or special guests. Also, being a part of MMC allows you early access to podcasts like this before they air, as well as behind-the-scenes conversation that my guests share. Because I want to make joining MMC a no-brainer, I'm offering listeners a seven-day trial for just $1 by going to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com. Go to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com, and when you register, you'll be able to do a seven-day trial for just $1. And if you don't get value from being in the room with the right people, you can cancel your membership on the sixth day. So what do you have to lose? Go to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com right now and register. Don't wait any longer to change your life. I'll see you in the room. Now back to the episode. Right? And then every day would pray. I would fast, right? I would like starve myself. Oh, you know, because in, in our religions, like when you fast, it gives you more clarity, right? So I would do that. I would uh, read the Quran. I would read, you know, our, you know, our Bible, our, you know, our book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would read that and understand the meaning, right? Because in our book, even in the, in the Bible, it tells you how to live life right it tells you what you should be wearing how you should act in front of people with people how how to act with your parents everything it tells you everything right how you should live your life so just you know reading that in english transit you know translation understanding what the book was saying and man just devoted my life to god you know and then once i did that i started seeing miracles happen you know like like god brought me into real estate and the people i met right it was all from god god connects you with people at the right time, right? When he knows you're ready. So that's what it was like, you know, I'm blessed that at the time I wasn't, I was, you know, upset, but now that I look at, it, I'm like, I'm blessed. I'm glad God took me out of my job and brought me back home and gave me this opportunity to connect people. Cause it was that time. Right. So like I was saying, like when it's the right time, it's the right time. Right. So like, I recommend everyone go to church, right? If you're Muslim, you're Jewish, Catholic, whatever you are, there's always one, there's one high being, right? Almighty. So it's like wherever religion you are, always praise God, be thankful for everything that's happening, right? Even if things aren't going your way right now, just know this is happening for a reason. God's developing you, right? So he developed me at that stage. And now looking back, you know, I'm still developing, but it's like, you know, it just takes time for that development, but you need to ask God for that stuff. Right. Some people like I know, I know a lot of people that 40, 50 years old and they have no faith. Right. They're living life and you see them, they're depressed or this or that is they have no meaning behind life. Right. So you need to have a purpose where that's the whole thing. Like even in business, whenever I get into a business, there's a purpose behind this. I don't just do this just to make money. You know, it's, it was never about the money for me. It was about the freedom. Right. So I was like, yeah, if I make 10, 20 thousand dollars, that's enough income for me where I can live freely. Right. So for even wholesaling, right? Even real estate wholesaling, my first business that, you know, that I started and that I went all in, I, I didn't do this for money. I like the concept of helping homeowners, right? Because when they were talking, when Brad Daniel was talking and, you know, when other um, entrepreneurs were talking, they're like, hey, look, you're targeting 
distressed landlords. I mean, distressed homeowners, right? People that are going through a hard time, worse time than us, right? People that have uh, vacant houses, back taxes, code violations that can't afford to fix up the property. So some people, hey, we're so, some people say, hey, we're taking advantage of them. But I didn't see it like that. You know, I was like, hey, this is God's creation. They're going through they're going through a tough time right now. So He made me a vessel to help these people, right? The reason I even uh, had this approach, I was like, hey. Because like I said, eight months in, I wasn't getting any traction, right? But once I started like doing it to where, hey, I'm doing this to help people, that's when God opened the doors for me. He's like, you got it. Now you got it, you know? So it's like, I see a lot of people that made two, $300,000 in this business and left, right? And, and got washed away because they did it for the money. And then this is what happens. You make two, $300,000 in this business. And then you, you stay, then you get inactive. You go for vacation, this and that. If you have the wrong purpose, when you come back, you're all scruffy. You're, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're, you don't know what you're doing anymore. You know, your calls are weak, you're this, you know, your skills are, it's just, you know, you're not, cause you didn't have the right purpose in this. So, you know, I've been doing this for five years and I've been going with the same concept, right. With the same purpose. Um, we're here to help people. Like even when, my, when I talk to my acquisitions, I don't, I never ask them how much money we're making. I'm like, well, what's the problem that we're solving? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, that's what it is. I'm like, hey, what problem did we solve here? What happened here? Oh, they just want to uh, downsize. Oh, they want to upgrade. Oh, someone passed away. Sorry to hear that, you know, like I tell them, but you got to show empathy in this business. You know, if something like that happens, you got to relate. So how I teach is like, first, you got to relax. Whenever you're talking to people, just relax. God puts you in that position for a reason, right? He puts you and that homeowner on that phone call for a reason. He's trying to see if, are you going to be the one to help that homeowner, right? So you got to make the homeowner feel loved, like, like feel like, hey, Mr. Homeowner or Mrs. Homeowner, I'm here to help you. Once they feel that, but you got to be relaxed when, you, when you're talking to them, right? Once they feel that, that's when they're going to do business with you. So you got to relax. You got to relate. Whatever's going on with your life, you got to relate to all that stuff. So when I, this is what I do, right? I teach the 80-20 rule. So 20% of the time, you're talking about the property. Just basic information, okay? Uh, and I know you spoke with Samantha, um, you know, our co-caller, right? So I know you spoke with Samantha. I just want to get some basic information. Uh, it's a three-bed, two-bed, 1,200 square feet. Is that correct? Gotcha. And they mentioned it was vacant for like 10 years or vacant for two years. And I know, you, you know, it's not in the perfect condition. Is that correct? Gotcha. Just basic information, just confirmation. Cool. And then 80% of the time we're talking about the why. It looks like a good piece of property. Why are you looking to sell it? Boom. Now you get the why out of them. Then they'll tell you, oh, why? Oh, because this is, this, 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 you know? And then you relate. Oh, your dog passed away. This happened. I'm sorry to hear that. Or you're, someone passed away. I'm sorry. You know, my, my grandpa passed away as well. This, you got to like relate to this stuff, you know? So they like show, you got to show empathy. You know? I, I tell them, hey, even if you didn't go through that stuff, you still got to figure out a way to relate with them because it's like, you got to, you know, just be genuine with them. So it's just like, because if, if you don't relate, then it's like, they're never going to remember you, right? They're going to be like, oh, this is Mike. Same type of thing. He's trying to buy my property, right? Yes. But when you show that, you know, empathy, you show, hey, once you make an impact with the seller, they're never going to forget Mike. Like, oh, Mike, Mike and me, we are both, both our dogs died, you know, and I know what kind of dog he had a rat water, you know, or, or he had a pit bull. Like, they'll know because you related with them, right? So I told me, suppose someone passed away or suppose their dog died and never had a dog. Talk about your goldfish. Talk about your, your cat or your friend's dog or something, you know, like relate in some way. But I remember when my friend's dog died, he, you know, he was so sad. I was with him. You know, I know how you feel. It's like it's like a it's like a child. It's like one of your child that passed away. Right. So I understand. I'm so sorry to hear that. You got to relate, even if it's someone else's, you know, uh, something something you know, happened to somebody else. So first, relax, relate and then 
once you build that rapport, now you could get the reduction. You know what I'm saying? So relax, relate, reduce, the three R's, right? So that's how basically how I go, how I approach wholesaling. I don't, I never approach wholesaling with, hey, we got to get, you know, 70% ARV minus this, we're going to make 50,000. No, man, the money's going to come. God's going to bless you with the checks. It's going to come, right? And this business, when it's time, it's going to come. But if you're not, the reason why we get paid these big checks, right? These 10, 20, 50, 100, and $2,000 commission checks is because we're solving a problem. If, you, if you're not solving a problem, why are you getting paid? You don't even know what the reason you're getting paid for. You're getting paid to solve a problem, right? Once you help that creation, of, once you help God's creation, God's automatically going to make sure that you're eating, right? And the best thing is, man, I love hiring employees. The reason I say I got over 100 employees right now, right? The best, the reason why I say hire employees, even if it's a virtual assistant at $4 an hour, right? And I use AK callers for virtual assistants. And there's like a, a online.ph, online. you know, you heard online.ph, right? Philippines. Yeah. Yeah, like even like like tedious work, that's where I hired that from, right? And then like cold callers, Egyptians, I use AK for that. But the reason why I, I love hiring people, right? Even um, if it's like, you know, you don't have to hire someone that's at $20, $50 an hour, hire at $4, $5 an hour, right? The reason why I love hiring is because God made you a vessel to put food on their table. See what I'm saying? So he's going to make sure that you eat. So I'm like, yo, let me get 100 employees. You know why? He's going to make sure I eat. Cause I got a, I got a family to provide. I got, I got people there, you know, I got to put food on the table. So I'm, I'm hiring people every month bro, for that reason. Cause God's making me that vessel so I could put food on other people's tables. So you, you need to do that. If you don't do that, if you're not helping God's creation, then you don't, don't expect God to help you. Is that's how I see it. You know? Guys, if you're listening, I really hope y'all are tuning in listening. Like I know if y'all are just listening to the audio, you can't see it, but you can probably hear it. Like Abdullah is like, he's animated right now. Like you can see he's passionate about the way he does business and the why of what you're doing with your business and being able to serve other people because that is so critical, right? And what you just said, being able to help other people, like having that framework, having the framework of relax, right? Relax, relate and reduce. Like, I love that because it allows anyone to be able to step in and do that. So you're able to show that and duplicate it for other people. And more importantly, you're truly out there serving. I find people that struggle in this business, they don't understand the purpose that they bring. They don't understand the problems that they solve. They don't understand the power of them showing up and being able to solve the issue. And that's where they're going to continue to hurt themselves. So I really do love that your approach is coming from that place. And the success is a testament of it. Right. You know, it's you judge a you judge a tree by the fruit it bears. Right. It can't be anything else. And you're you're creating results from doing the right thing. I absolutely love that. I want to dive into some details now because you've done some pretty incredible deals. You've done some triple digit deals. And, you know, there are people who think like there's no way you can make triple digits on a single transaction. By the way, to your point, right, eight months, I want to let everyone know this. Eight months to get your first deal. That's how long it took me to get my first deal. And very similar. You said around 2000 was how much you made. I made about $4,000. How, whatever. I was like off the work. Like I was jumping off the cliffs. I was like, oh my gosh, it works. Right. <laughs> it actually works. Concept. That's concept. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then later on to see that there was no difference between doing a $4,000 deal and we've done $108,000 deals. There was no difference except we just were solving, it was the same thing. We were solving problems. At the end of the day, it didn't matter about the property. It was about the problem. So can you break down a deal that you've done where, you know, just break it down for people so they can have a better conceptualization. They can understand like, all right, like, but why does this 
real estate wholesaling thing work? Why, why are people making so much money? What was the situation? I'll give this deal. I just recently did this one. This is actually one of my biggest uh, assignments. So I made $102,000 on this assignment. And I'll tell you uh, what the reason was, right? So the homeowner, um, this deal was in Atlanta, Georgia, right? And the homeowner um, that lived there, they had another house in Florida. Wait, wait, real quick. The deal was in Atlanta, Georgia. I got to highlight this because someone's going to be like, but I don't live in Atlanta. <laughs> I'll be like, where do you live? Chicago. It's all virtual. Right? <laughs> I've never seen the property. I actually never even spoke to the homeowner, right? It's all automated. So I, I never seen the property. Um, when I'd never been to Atlanta, I'll be honest with you. You know, ATL, I want to go, but I've never been to ATL. Um, yeah, man, I, I never spoke with the homeowner, but you guys are going to speak with the homeowners, right? But I'll tell you the, you know, the breakdown of what happened, right? So the lead came in from our cold callers, gave it to our acquisition, right? Acquisition called. And um, the homeowner said that, you know, this is where their, it was their primary residence, right? And a tree fell on it, right? A tree fell on it, damaged half the house. It's like, it's done, right? And they were on vacation. They were in their vacation, you know, the other property. Um, and, you know, when a tree falls because of the storm, guess what happened? Now you have animals. And if it's vacant for like a month, right? If you're on vacation for a month, you don't know what's going on. And, you know, no one was home. So they had like raccoons, they had animals in there, this, that, they were saying like squirrels were like, you know, breeding, all types of stuff was going on, right? So it was like, it was a mess. They didn't want to live there anymore. Like, yo, this is done. Like we need to, we need to sell this property. And you can't really sell that on the MLS. You can't sell that on the market, no real estate agent, because the property is not in, you know, listing condition, right? So it has to be sold in as is condition. So that's where we come in, right? As wholesalers, Finding property, finding distressed properties like these and helping the homeowner with selling the property, right? And the best thing is when they work with us, we tell them, hey, there's no real estate commission fees, right? So you're not paying any realtors. You don't even have to worry about closing costs. You don't have to worry about anything. Whatever price you and me agree on, that's what you get on closing day, right? So going with that, like, oh, wow. So if, you, if you're saying, you know, $200,000, you say, I'm going to get the whole 200000 for the property and as is, exactly. Right. So going with that transparency, it just makes much, you know, things much easier. So this property right here, a tree fell on it. It was damaged. What they wanted to do, they wanted to demo the property and sell the land because the land was worth, you know, 800 plus thousand. They were saying, you know, it was a good piece of property. So we locked it up. We're like, you know, our acquisition, we teach them, hey, no, that's not what it is. You know, whatever the case may be, lock it up. Right. We'll figure it out. So, you know, he came to me with that deal and, uh, you know, we're, we're going back and forth. And I was like, hey, We'll buy an as-is condition, like we train our acquisition. Tell them, hey, look, we'll buy an as-is condition. Don't worry about it. You don't have to demo. You don't have to worry about any a single thing. So they're like, oh, wow, that's that's something nice, right? The homeowners are like, oh, cool. We don't have to spend money because demoing a property costs anywhere from forty dollars to $60,000, especially a nice big house, right? So I told them, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll take care of it. We'll buy an as-is condition, right? So with that being said, uh, we locked it up for two twenty-five. dollars and we sold it for three thirty-two. And after all said and done, double closing, this and that, we made one hundred and two thousand dollars on this property. Yeah. So helping them uh, resolve the problem. Yeah. That's incredible. And what I love that, like, I, I want to break down some nuance for like anyone who's listening, because a lot of my people they wholesale. A lot of my people are in real estate, but some people are new to this channel. Some people are new to this podcast, and they're gonna be like, wait, but like, why would they they sell it in that as is condition? I want to highlight what you said. The property right? Listen to this, y'all. The property could not be listed with a real estate agent because if it went on market to go to the MLS for a regular buyer to pick it up, that regular buyer 
they can't buy that property cash because most of them don't have it. If they go to get a bank loan to buy the property, the bank is typically not going to lend to your traditional first-time homeowner because they're going to say, well, what experience do you have renovating homes in this sort of condition? You know, Joe and Sally are going to say, well, we've never renovated a home. This is our first time buying it. The bank doesn't want to get themselves caught up in that situation because they're going to like, Joe and Sally, y'all are going to get into the house, realize this is way too involved of a project, and you're going to want to get out. You're going to want to quit. You're going to want to leave. And our you might not be able to pay our mortgage anymore. So they're going to say no to that. And the realtor is telling the homeowners, hey, we need you to put in another $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 to get this home back in a tip-top shape. So sometimes people don't understand the dilemma that the homeowner truly is in that these folks really do not have other options. And when you show up with a cash offer, when you show up saying, I'll take care of it as is, cover the clothing costs, I'll buy it with the tree inside of it. Don't even worry about moving a raccoon out of it. You don't even need to go back to the house to show it to me. I will take care of everything. It's like clicking the that's easy button from Staples and people value that convenience. And I think people forget that. Like, it's not always about the money. Sometimes your time, your peace of mind, you're not having to inconvenience the rest of your life is worth the reduction that you might've gotten if you fixed it up yourself. So I love that, man. Exactly, man. So I love hearing the whys. You know, that's what like gives me that drive to keep going to the next deal, right? It's just like, wow, we just help someone, you know, sell their primary residence. You know, when people people like that, they're struggling, right? So they're like, hey, you know, like our house just got, you know, hit with the with the you know with the storm, whatever, a tree fell on it. Like they're out hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? And now they have to take a loan to fix up the property and do all this additional stuff where they're like. They didn't have the cash, you know, so they're like, hey, we have to take a loan, we have to demo it, you know, and the reason why they didn't do it is because they didn't have the money, right? So it's just like not a lot of homeowners or, you know, majority of the homeowners, they don't have money to fix up their property. So if the property is vacant, it's vacant for a reason. They don't have, you know, or if the property has code violations, it's, you know, has violations for a reason why it's still there, right? You know, the home, the landlord that has money, they're going to fix it up, Right. So you're going to get a lot of no's like, no, I don't want to sell my, my property because, you know, I'm going to fix it. You know, I'm going to fix it up. I already have the money it's or, or it's already being fixed, whatever it is. We don't want to target those people. We want to help people that actually want to sell their property. Right. So that's what the whole thing about wholesaling is. Hey, we're help. We're here to solve problems. That's how you're going to get paid, because if there's no problem to solve, how are you going to get paid? Right. So that's basically what it is. I love that. And guys, if you're listening, keep this phrase in mind. Quit looking at properties start looking for problems. Right? There are people that they tell me like, hey, I'm doing real estate. and I've been on Zillow for the last like two weeks. And I'm like, why are you on Zillow? Well, I'm just looking at houses, right? Because I want to get into real estate. Like, no, what we do is we look for problems to solve. Now, after making a check, I mean, a six-figure assignment, that's no joke, that's nothing to scoff at. What does your mind, how does your mind think when you're like, okay, I just made a six-figure assignment. What's your brain thinking? Is it thinking, all right, cool. Now it's time to you know, go get the, the Lambo? Is it time to, you know, go get the yacht? Am I like going out and partying? Like, what's your mind looking at with that money? Or is it like, hey, I'm going to reinvest this. What does reinvesting it look like? If you were a new investor and you started earning some money and you start to get some checks, like, what are you thinking about doing with that money? Gotcha. So what I did with that money, I don't even like having cash with me, you know, on me, right? So whenever we have um, like, you know, a significant amount over a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars in our bank account, we always go spend it. And the way I spend it is I buy cash loan assets, right? So, um, 
you know, lower income areas where, you know, for section eight, right. Um, that's where I usually buy. Cause thing is in my religion, I can't take any interest, right. I can't take any interest. I can't take any loans. So, you know, with a hundred thousand dollars, you can't buy a nice house in the suburbs. Right. So what I had to do was I had to buy properties in, you know, uh, neighborhoods where, um, you know, properties were like fifty, sixty thousand dollars, uh, where it's like you know affordable housing neighborhoods, right? That's where that's where I have my properties. So whenever I get, whenever I make money, that's what I do. We go, you know, and plus I'm a wholesaler, so I'm picking up steals and deals all day long, right? So I'm cherry picking. If a, deal, a good deal comes around, like every two, every other month, I'm buying a deal for myself, right? So it's like that's what I did, right? So that money, when that money came in, you just bought a few more properties, you know, and uh, so yeah, it's much harder for me. Right. When I underwrite a deal, it needs to make sense. I need to make sure I have a good amount of equity in this deal or, you know, I look more for like anywhere from a 15 or 20 cap. Right. When I'm buying single families, because yep. first of all, you know, I'm, I'm a wholesaler. So I'm picking up, you know, steals. And secondly, it has to be Section 8 ready. Like I don't like buying stuff that I have, you know, regular tenants in it because, you know, you, you already know when you have tenants, you have headaches. Right. So I need. Section eight people that have vouchers because I get paid from the gov, right? I don't have to worry about it. I know before the fifth, I get my check, you know, it's going to get wired, it's going to be cleared, right? So I don't have to chase anyone down, right? So that's the benefit of, you know, having section eight rentals. And that's what I did, man. So yeah, when I pull the trigger on buying a house, I need to make sure it's the one, right? I need to make sure, hey, everything is according to what I want. Like I got to make sure the property is, you know, um, section eight ready. Or, you know, how much, even if you buy like a vacant property, how much is going to cost me? Because all this stuff's coming out of my pocket. Even if I renovate a property, it's coming out of my pocket. So, you know, so it's like money doesn't grow on trees, right? So it's like, hey, I got to be very calculated when I make this decision, right? Because this is everything that I have, it's all my cash. So, yep. I make a and, bad. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was going to say, I, I love the way you think because even right there, this is, you're seeing the influences from having put yourself in those right environments, right? Like, Robert Kiyosaki, right? You make money. And what's he tell you? Like if anyone, if I wanted to boil down rich dad, poor dad, or cash flow quadrant, it boils down to one rule, buy assets, right? Exactly. Spend your money on assets, buy when you make money, go and buy assets. And he defines assets so simply as this is something that when you own, it pays you to own it. You make money for having owned this thing. Exactly. So I love that approach because sometimes Abdullah, people forget to go out and purchase the assets. Right. We see this with lottery winners. We see this with people. And I've got buddies in e-com who were making money hand over fist. And then they started to realize when the e-com dried up, when the Amazon stores dried up, they were kind of back at square one because they were spending it just as fast as they were getting it. But they were only buying liabilities. Right. They didn't have that longer time horizon in their mind. They weren't thinking about, hey, what's the future version of me going to be grateful that today I did? Exactly. 100 percent, man. So, yeah, to build generational wealth, you need you need assets, right? And that's how I saw it. I was like, hey, if I'm not here one day, right? And if I, I have 15 rental properties, so if I'm not here one day, I know that at least my family's good, right? When I'm married, when I have kids, I know, okay, well, if I'm not here, at least we have money coming in to where our family's going to be good, generational wealth, right? So, I, you know, I don't even sell my properties, uh, you know, like I have a set portfolio for just my rentals, and then I do fix and flips as well, but those are separate, right? Like I got four going on right now, but those are separate. Those are like, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna fix them, flip them, and that's its own business, right? Its own business where we just fix and flip, and then rental, you know, portfolio is its own company, right? So yeah, man, like I, I wouldn't recommend selling your assets either, right? Because, you know, I know people that, and especially like, um, you know, some some people that that I know in my network, they said, hey, it's like these assets were passed down to me. 
you know, this is second generation. I was like, second generation, you know? So it's like, yeah, like my dad owned this property. His, my grandpa owned this. Then he gave it to my dad, these 10 acres. And now I have it. And I'm going to give it to my grand, you know, my son. And I'm just like, wow. So it's just like, you know, that's how you build generational wealth. Right. So that's really wow. cool. And you, yeah. You know, something. I'm curious to ask you this. This actually, this question just came to me for you. When it comes to generational wealth, you know, something I read, and maybe you probably picked up this book, uh, What Would the Rockefellers Do? Or Thinking Like the Rockefellers, um, where it talks about how there have been families over time who have accumulated tons of wealth. And there are some families who've been able to keep it generation after generation. And then there are some families where by the second or third generation, the wealth is all but gone. And what they recognize, right, Rockefellers are one of the families that's been able to keep the wealth over years and years and years. And what they discovered is along with passing down the assets, they also passed on principles. Were principles from your family passed down to you? Or do you find that you're the first one, like maybe you're the black sheep in the family who's starting the thinking of principles and starting the thinking of generational wealth? And even as I asked that too, I also want to wrote back in um, the Quran, like with scripture there, because inside there, there's talk of, you know, a good man you know, he builds in, he leaves an inheritance for his children's children, right? Exactly. Yeah, man. So, you know, my whole generation, they've been always really into their faith, right? So like my father, my grandpa, my, you know, my grandpa was actually um, very religious, man, you know, a really religious guy. And uh, same thing, my father, you know, very religious. They go to the mosque, pray five times a day. So he always told me, he's like, hey, whatever's written for you is written for you. Who you're going to marry? How many kids are you going to have? How much money are you going to make? It's all written. You say, why are you stressing over this stuff, right? Why are you trying to make millions and billions? And he's just relax. Ask God for all that stuff. Pray to him and just enjoy the journey. And watch what he does. If the, your journey says that you're going to make X amount of money, you're going to make you know X amount of money. But don't dwell on, oh, man, this deal didn't go through or I'm not making enough money here or I'm, I'm in this situation. No, you're, you are where you're supposed to be right? So just relax. And, you know, and that's what it is. When you pray to God, you realize like, hey, you know, God, like you're, end of the day, you're the only one I have to ask, right? Because they say, when you're a kid, you go to the candy store, you ask for, you know, a chocolate bar, right? Your mother, your mom, dad, were like, okay, cool, they're buying for you. you. You know, you ask them for another chocolate bar next day. Then, you know, they were like, okay, you know, we'll give it to them, you know? But if you keep asking them, guess what they're going to say? They're like, no, go get it yourself. You know, we're, this is not how it works. Like, you know, this you're spending all our money relax you know go get it yourself but my mom told me he's like ask ask god right he will never say no you know so that's with that being said that's why you know like like you know i don't need like you know you ask your dad for five dollars or ten dollars you know when you're younger to go out it's like you'll get it sometimes but asking god for what and you can you can ask god for whatever you know cars houses generational wealth anything you know even health right good health so so you, you you have to ask him. He's the only one that actually listens and he's the one that provides. So it's just like going with that. And that's, you know, my parents teaching me and the mosque teaching me this and then bringing religion, right? Bringing that as well as the IT stuff into real estate, actually, you know, and I built my foundation and all that. So it's just like- I, I love that. I like that you didn't separate. A lot of times people try to separate and, you know, it's like, hey, no, that stays over there. And that stays over there. And I did that. I used to do that. And instead, you found out how to integrate all of it. You found out 
that actually it works best all coming together, that you don't leave God out of the equation, that you don't leave your past experiences out of the equation, that your W-2, your old life, there are things there that serve you. And sometimes people think, but, you know, Abdullah, Marlon, I, I used to, I was a DJ. How, how's that going to help? You're a DJ, amazing. So you understand the dynamics of people. You understand how to communicate with them. You understand what moves them, what wakes them up emotionally. Bring that into every interaction that you have in your next endeavor. Bring that into real estate. That's going to help you immensely. So I, I love that, man. And I want to be respectful of your time here because I know we got to get you out to dinner soon. Um, you know, so I want to ask really three more questions of you. This This first one is... As you continue to grow, you're getting into new spaces, you're getting into new rooms, and there can be new temptations that maybe didn't exist before, right? There's going to be influences, people that will present opportunities that you can have, right? Like, hey, you can learn how to make more money. This guy or gal could bring seven figures, eight figures, nine figures to your business, but there's not a core value alignment. How do you determine who it is that you bring into your space, into your circle when it comes to partnering, JV partners, right? Because even you help a lot of other entrepreneurs as well. Like you, a lot of your deals you do with JV partners, which means people who are maybe getting started or they've got the opportunity and they need assistance. Maybe they need help closing it. Maybe they need help uh, funding it, flipping it, whatever the case may be. You work with those people so that the two of you are able to get the deal to the finish line to help that homeowner or just grow both of your businesses. How are you? Like, what's the standard that you're determining who these JV partners are that come into your life, whether they're people that are building up to where you're at or people who are leagues above you? Gotcha. So even when I invest into a business or I invest into, with, you know, with a partner, the first thing I look for is, is the business halal. Like, is it halal? Is it like, is it something that is ethical in my religion, right? So I don't do anything with vape, right? I had opportunities to open up vape shops, vape wholesales, pipe business, this, you know, smoke shops, um, the, you know, dispensary stuff is jumping right now, right? So it's like, I had opportunity for that, but I, it doesn't align with my values, right? I don't do anything that's, that's, you know, that's bad, right? So like liquor stores, um, anything that, you know, is not allowed in my religion, I won't even do it, right? So it's like, yeah, I got core values when it comes to that. And man, I only focus in um, stuff. And nowadays, man, I don't even partner up with people. I just keep it in the family, right? Like I'll do JVs, right? And JV is like, okay, if you bring me a deal and my team handles that, you know, in the beginning, I was, uh, you know, talking with a wholesaler, but now I just have my brother handle uh, all that stuff. So he's the one that communicates with other wholesalers and they just send the deal to my website. The website is called Home Run Equity. So if you do ever have a deal that you want to submit, or even your audience, just go to homerunequity.com, submit a deal. It's going to have some basic information, add picture of the property, and we'll just, you know, we'll sell it on either investor lift. And we have like 7.2 million cash buyers. Uh, we have hedge funds. Um, we have all types of stuff, right? So it's like I built that network um, of buyers. So I help, you know, I'm able to help a lot of, um, you know, wholesalers and investors that are starting off. And uh, yeah, man, that's one thing. And then um, what was the other question you asked? I know you, you said. Yeah, like so essentially like, and you're answering it perfectly, by the way, right? Like as far as, um, I, I love the answer. Like I was asking you how you're determining 
who it is like that you work with, like how you JV with people either that are building up to where you're at in business, or even as you come in, you step into these rooms now, because you're in some amazing rooms, man. You're, you know, through the blessings of God, through your hard work, through staying dedicated and disciplined, you're now consistently around seven, eight, nine figure earners. Like you're in those spaces. And as you find the opportunity to potentially work with them as well, and maybe you've come across people where it's like, hey, they make a ton of money, but the the core values aren't in alignment or whatever the case is. Like, how are you just keeping yourself in alignment? That's where it was. So, you know, that being said, like some of the eight, nine, 10 figures, man, these guys, they take a lot of loans, you know? So when I come into a business, yeah, I might have a few million dollars, you know, laying around, but it's like, when I invest with someone and I ask them this, like, are we paying cash? Like, suppose we buy... Uh, MFR, right? 16 unit building in the hood for a million dollars, right? It's going to bring in about you know, $16,000 a month. We go half, half, you know, half a million each. I'll ask them, are you, you know, how are you going to pay for this, right? If you're going to take a loan and have an interest and this and that, I'm not even doing business with you because what happens, it basically messes up my, you know, um, what they say, man, if you play with your own cash, it even says like, if you don't have cash, don't buy it, right? So that's what, you know, the whole principle is because, you know, nowadays it's only in America where we have credit cards and loans and this and that. Back in the days, man, it was you trading sheep for for you know for a cow. You're selling you know five sheep for a cow. You're trading you know um, textile. You're trading cloths and this and that. You know, so it was all trading, right? So nowadays everyone has um, you know loans and interest. So yeah, whenever I do business with anybody, even if I'm buying a property with someone or doing a fix and flip, I always ask them because if you're not paying cash, it doesn't align with me, right? Because what happens is they get, you know, when you take a loan and suppose that the thing's not going right, suppose to fix and flip and this happens, right? It's not, take, you know, we had a target, we had to fix it up in six months and, you know, it surpassed the six months, you know, suppose we got something happened here or, hey, we didn't check the foundation or it needs more work than expected, stuff like that, right? Now your partner that took the loan, guess what he's doing? He's like, yo, I still got to pay these loans. Like he's frustrated now. And guess what? He's taking it on us. He's taking it on me. He's like, hey, man, we got to get this done. I'm like, bro, you got to relax. Like, this is, you know, like I, I have the same amount of money that you have, but I'm relaxed because I know whenever this is going to be ready, it's going to be ready. You know, you just got to be patient. But when, you, when you're taking loans and this and that, you don't have to be, you, don't, you know, you have no time to patient, be patient. You can't sleep at night. Bank is on your, you know, on your throat. You got to pay them. So it's just like, I don't even like dealing with people that, you know, you know, if you're taking a loan, if you're taking interest, you take them, good for you, right? All the best. Like I have nothing against you, but I don't do business with people that do that, especially in my partnerships, you know? So I always do like, that's why I don't have half a million dollars to throw on this deal, right? Or $4 million or a million dollars to throw on this deal because it doesn't make sense to me. I'd rather just buy single family houses for 50,000, 60,000, 80,000, right? Or duplexes for a hundred thousand and have it paid off and bringing me a hundred percent cash flow where I don't have a mortgage. And all I have to worry about is insurance and property taxes, you know? So that's pretty much it, you know, which is the basic stuff you need to have. So it's like, I'd rather have something paid off and not stress over something crazy than partner up with someone and or having multiple partners. I had an opportunity where it's like, okay, we're raising $5 million. We're going to go buy this, you know, uh, motel. So it's just like, you know, so I look at all that stuff, man. So nowadays, man, I don't even partner with people when it comes to assets. Like I'll jump in a little business with them. You know, if it's like, okay, cool, let's open up a, uh, you know, media company or something. Okay, cool. You know, we'll do something like that. Or uh, if they want to do, 
you know, uh, fix and flips. I'll do fix and flips with my my general contractor, but I know him, you know, I know my general contractor and we only take small flips. We'll take flips like, you know, if I buy a prop, a full gut for 30,000 and it needs about like 70,000, right. Or 70, 80,000, we'll knock that down. And then we'll make like, you know, anywhere from 50 to hundred K and we'll split that. Right. It's all cash money. Right. So it's like stuff like that, man. I, you know, I, I love that because it's, it's a temptation to, to stray from your principles when it's like, oh, there's potential profits. And I love, like, I appreciate, you have no idea how much I appreciate when I come across people that are like, they have clear lines in the sand and they're like, hey, look, everything on this side of the line, I'm good to do. On that side of the line, I don't cross it. We don't blur it. We don't step over it. There's no gray area. That's a definitive mark. And I find those are the people that not only produce the best, but those are the sort of people where your word becomes stronger, right? Those are sort of individuals where you can do a, a deal with, although I, we always use contracts, but that's the type of person I don't need a contract with. I get a handshake is going to be good. They told yeah. me they were going to do it. It gets done because that's a personal principle. So I admire that about you. And I appreciate that about you. Appreciate that, man. You as well, man. And I can see a lot of value in you, man, the way you talk, the way you speak. You know, you're making an impact here, man, in the community. You know, I know you have a great audience and, uh, you know, God keep blessing you, man. You know, you I appreciate that. So yeah. here's my second question. All right. The second and the third. The second one is I'm a fan of books, man. I, I mean, like books have changed my life. They changed my paradigm. I like I constantly have books around me. I got like a library back there. Like my favorite room in the house is my library. And I want to know for you, what book, if any, has been a total paradigm shift that you picked it up. It absolutely changed your life. You never went back to being the same afterwards. And I'm going to say you can't use Rich Dad, Poor Dad just because we've too many of us have used that book. It's a phenomenal book. But this is selfishly how I started growing out my own personal library. Um, and I'm feeling you're also going to add the Quran in there. So I'm going to also say you can't use that as well. well the funny thing is, bro, I keep this book on me at all times. Traction. You know? Ooh. This is the book, bro. I read this book like four times. And, you know, whenever I have nothing to do, I'll just read it. You know, this is the this is the book you need to read. This will basically open up your mind, show you, you know how I was talking about systems, processes, and working on the business, not in your business. That's the book. Yep. This is the, you have your attraction? Yep. Uh, it's one of my favorite, Gino Wickman, that book. Uh, I actually, after the first time I heard it, I started structuring my businesses after that and i've realized it takes discipline to hold true to the system when you put it in place however it's system businesses is system it's not the product it's the system exactly once you have a correct system now everything can be automated and delegated right so it's like so that book is man it's i just like sometimes chilling i'll open it up and i'll just reread it you know, because I I feel like I missed something in there because, man, this book is it's mind blowing. You know, every entrepreneur should read this book. This book is a game changer, you know, so it, yeah, it stops you from becoming a solopreneur, an actual entrepreneur, right? Like being a team leader. Right. So it's just like it's an amazing book. man. It's very powerful, like you said. So, man, that's good stuff. Here's my third final question. This one's my favorite question of all. I want you to imagine that tomorrow. When you wake up, you're coming to consciousness, you're beginning to open your eyes, you're a blank slate. You don't remember anything. You don't remember the five years of real estate. You don't remember the time in IT. You don't remember anything that you've read in scripture, the books you've read, the people you've met, the YouTube videos you watch. You don't even remember tonight's birthday. It's not because you went out and got drunk or anything like that, right? You just, you're coming together, you're coming through. And as you begin to open your eyes 
you're not scared. You're not nervous. It's not a Saw movie. It's not a horror movie. You know you're safe. A thought begins to come to your mind. And as this thought comes to you, you don't resist it. You don't fight it. For whatever reason, you accept it and you have it as 100% faith. Like this is true. No one can talk you out of that thought. What would you ideally prefer for that first thought to be that comes to your mind? Man, if I woke up, as long as I had my faith, man, I'll be honest with you. I would leave everything behind for my faith. Like, you know what I'm saying? As long as I could wake up and pray and, you know, preach and, uh, you know, just say the zikr, right? Say God's name, the glory of God, like, alhamdulillah, subhanAllah, Allah, the, you know, God is the most, you know, the greatest, right? And just, just saying that, like, that's what I do when I wake up. First thing I do, because you know, when you sleep, your heart stops, you know, like not your heart, but like, you know, like your soul leaves your body, right? You're basically mm -hmm. dead, right? In the theory. So it's just like that. So when I wake up, I'm first thing I am thankful, right? Thankful that God gave me another day, right? And once I have another day, now it's like, that's all I need. Just, you know what I'm saying? Everything else is a plus. Like you said, real estate, this, that business, that's all a plus. Just waking up is that blessing, right? So like I said, like, you know, like I mentioned that, um, just waking up is worth more than everything in the world to me, right? Because you could always, you know, do something, right? You could always make money. You could always, you know, um, go eat some good food, right? Whatever the case may be. But just waking up gives you another opportunity, right? So that's what I live for, man. I live for waking these moments, man. You know, just waking up. Because sometimes I go to sleep. I'm like, you know, I might not wake up, right? That's what happens to a lot of people when they go to sleep. So just being thankful for the journey, man. And when it's time, it's time, right? So you got to be thankful for that too. So Abdullah, that is powerful. I think that's going down as like top five favorite answers. Um, and I, I can relate to that heavily. Every morning, the first words that come out of my mouth are thank you. Yeah. First words. First thing yeah. I hear myself say everything. Everything else is a plus, bro. Everything. You know, you're having wife, kids, family, nice cars, watches, everything else is a plus, bro. For me, it's just like life is the main thing. So there's a, there's a saying, right, where if I told you, I'll give you $100 million, right, and uh, all you had to do was give me your life, right? And always, I think that the saying was, if I, what if I told you, um, I'll give you $100 million, but you can't wake up the next day? Would you do it? Not worth it. If I told you, I'll give you a billion dollars, and you can't wake up the next day, right? You're like, Man, your life is more valuable than a billion dollars. So what are we out here chasing? Your life is the, you know, you're worth more than a billion. You're worth more than a trillion. So what are you out here chasing? You know, so everything else is just a plus, bro. You got to understand that you are the million dollar person. You are the billion dollar person. So it's a mindset. Once you have that mindset, watch what happens. You know, you could accomplish anything you like. So that's powerful, powerful words. Yo, Abdullah, for the people that have been listening now, they've been tuned in. They're like, yo, I'm like glued to my chair for the last hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes. And they're like, I like this guy. I want to get connected with him. I want to plug in with him. I want to, and you're, you're traveling now. You're speaking on stages. You're, you're teaching people. Like, how can people get plugged in with you? How do people go deeper with you? What's the best way for them to connect? So I'm on every single social media platform, right? Um, Instagram is I hustle, bro. Same thing on Facebook, same thing on Twitter, YouTube. It's I hustle, bro. That's the brand, right? So if you want to follow me on any platform, just type in I hustle, bro. And, you know, the algorithm loves me. So you type in I hustle and then I'll just pop up, you know, even if you just type in I H and then, you know, I, I've been told that I'll pop up, you know, so you know, it's a blessing, man. You know, God giving me the opportunity to make an impact, right? So there's a few things that I teach, right? A few things that I do that I could help your audience. 
Um, the first thing is real estate wholesaling, right? They're showing you how to automate the business, right? Working on your business, not in your business. So my goal is these five years of, you know, actually doing it, right? And building a business, I want to show other people how to build businesses. So now I'm helping, I'm actually helping realtors get leads. Cause man, once you get your real estate license, it's like, what's, what's next? They think the leads are just going to fall on their laps. So I show them a whole marketing strategy, how to get warm leads, how to get off market deals, all that good stuff. Right. Same thing with just uh, someone that wants to get into wholesaling. Right. I tell or people that are wholesaling. I tell them, Hey, look, you're wholesaling. You've been doing good. You made six figures. Your, you know, your first year this year. That's awesome. But you're still a slave to your company. Right. So let me show you how to automate this business. So with the correct systems processes and finding good talent, right. Finding good people. I help them structure it to where now they turn their wholesale operation into an actual business. So help, uh, you know, new wholesalers to intermediate wholesalers to even expert wholesalers. Right. And now what I started doing is I'm starting helping uh, businesses like insurance companies. I have a call agency. I'm helping um, solar companies. I'm helping them structure their company. Right. So coming from a business, you know, background, coming from an IT background, I can now I can look at a business because now I have multiple companies. Right. So now I can look at a business and I can see, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's wrong. This is, you know, you're lacking here. You're lacking sales. You're lacking marketing, whatever the case may be. So I come in, I build systems and process around their company. And it gives me more uh, something to do to where like, I'm like, wow, like new industry, but same concept. The concept is the same. Right. The systems process and people, the concept of business is the same thing. It doesn't matter what the business is. It could be, um, you know, a salon. It could be a solar company. It could be real estate. It could be whatever it is. The concept is the same. Right. You need to integrate systems process and people. And that's how you automate the company. So that's what I offer for other um, industries now, too. So it isn't you don't even have to be in wholesale. Right. You don't even have to be in real estate. Just anything, any business in general. If you give me the opportunity, I could help you put a whole um, strategy together. Right. So that's what I offer. That's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. Guys, like seriously, go hit up Abdullah. Go I hustle bro on all social media platforms in the description, in the show notes below. I'm gonna make it easy for you guys. I'm gonna put the links to every platform he's on. That way you can connect with him because this is what I want y'all thinking about is how do I create a business and understand frameworks? If you understand this, if you begin to unlock this, this is like the Rosetta Stone of being able to go into the marketplace and to do good and to serve at a higher level and not be stuck if you're looking for financial freedom. Now, if you just want a job, maybe don't listen to this. But if you're looking to build financial freedom, if you're looking to build a business and truly be able to get your time back, then you're going to want to plug in and be around people like Abdullah. And when you get the opportunity, he's going to be speaking this year. He's going to be on stages. If you get the opportunity to go out and connect with him, be in the rooms with him, like that's how these things start. Right, go and build a relationship. Go see him in person if you have that opportunity. If you got to fly, fly. If you got to drive five hours, drive five hours. Proximity, there's power in proximity. So go and get in the room. Yo, Abdul, I appreciate you so much for being here, making time on your birthday. Like you could be anywhere doing anything right now. And you chose to be here, just giving gems to the audience, uh, giving gems to my people. So thank you so much. Are there any final words that you want to leave the people with? No, man, I appreciate you having me. And one thing I want to go, one thing I want to say before I go is first thing you need to do after watching this is be thankful for where you are today, right? Because there's people in worse situations, right? So just be thankful. After you watch this, just say, God, thank you for everything. Thank you for even giving me an opportunity to watch this, you know, this podcast, uh, this video. And it's because thing is going to open up your brain, right? It's going to give you new ideas. Now you're going to be thinking like, oh, wow. 
I'm actually, you know, a solopreneur. I want to become a business owner. I want to be um, a CEO, right? I want to be in this position to where I oversee the business and I don't work in the business, right? So it's going to give you this, um, you know, experience, you know, from what I said and from, you know, what I do. And also just be thankful, you know, just be thankful to for um, everything that's going on right now. I know you might be going through a tough situation right now. Things might not be going right, but just remember you're in this position for a reason. God's testing you. He's going to mold you. Just don't, you know, just don't back out, right? Just, you know, accept that he's testing you and just keep moving forward, right? And because the day that you say, oh man, God, you're testing me. It's too strong. I got to, I'm going to quit. That's when things fall apart. You know, even when he's testing you and whatever was going on in your life, right? You might be sick, someone passed away, you know, you might be going, getting evicted, whatever the case may be, or your business is not doing so well, you're, you're you got to get bankrupt, or you don't have enough money for marketing, you don't know when your next deal is going to be closed, or it's been six months since you got your last deal. Just know, stay consistent and have faith in God and watch what happens. Man, powerful. Guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to share this with somebody who needs to hear it. And do me a favor, leave a comment below on what was your biggest takeaway. And if you're on Instagram, tag me, tag Abdullah at iHustleBro, and let's keep the conversation going. Till the next time. I got a billion dollar mindset.